Hello, and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars presented by Tomahawk Nation. We're excited to talk to you about all things Florida State recruiting. We may even touch on some other teams recruiting, but more than anything, we want to bring you the latest and newest news on how Florida State is doing on the recruiting trail. My name is Tim Allenball, and I am joined by Josh Pick and David Stout. And let's jump right into it. Guys, thanks so much for being on. David, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm trying to stay dry in Jacksonville, man. It's pouring, got uh, lightning and thunder shaking the house and everything. But uh, hopefully the weather clears up a little bit before the, the mighty Seminoles arrive in Jacksonville and touch down at the, at the good old UNF here. And can't wait for that to happen. But uh, in the time being, hopefully things are a little bit drier around here. David, spoiler alert for the end of the podcast, we talked to Florida State defensive end commit Aaron Hester, who also talked about how it is storming where he is, too. He was losing power as well, so you guys are getting beat up down there. Yeah, it's a little crazy. It's almost like we live in Florida or something. (laughs) Also joining us is Josh Pig. Josh, how are you, buddy? What's up, boys? Doing well. Yeah, Josh was telling me that it's boring time right now because the Olympics are going on, so he's got nothing to do. So, uh, stuck with us, Josh. <laughs> I'll make I'll make do. Yeah. So, uh, for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about the past weekend at Florida State as they had another uh, camp with several recruits, had two commitments for the 22 class, had a 23 commit drop, and we're going to catch up with Aaron Hester, defensive end commit for the class of 2022. Uh, some great great tidbits about Aaron and uh, find out whether or not he's an early enrollee uh, if you hang on for the full podcast. But hey, let's jump right into it. This past weekend, uh, Florida State had another group of incredible players on campus. They had uh, some of their current commitments like Travis Hunter and Sam McCall and others. And uh, it was just another situation where Florida State knocked it out of the park from what I'm hearing. Uh, David, Let's jump to you first. What are some other names that stood out to you before we jump to the commitments? And uh, what are you hearing about this weekend? Yeah, so uh, this was definitely an exciting weekend coming out of the July dead period. And we knew that, um, you know, teams are, teams are scrambling to get in their, their last ditch uh, recruiting weekends before, you know, uh, summer camps and, and everything, or not summer camps, I guess fall camp. Jeez, Louise, it's almost August. So almost uh, fall camps are, are about to start going on. Um, and so a lot of teams are trying to fit in those last, you know, few recruiting weekends and barbecues and, and what have you. Um, so Florida State was definitely among that. And, and you're right, Tim, they did a great job getting a lot of their top uh, recruiting commitments for the class of 22 on campus. Um, and it was nice because, you know, you hear feedback from a lot of those guys and, and they've been on campus before for the most part, but a lot of them had specific questions that they wanted to come back um, and ask and, and kind of have their mindset at ease because, you know, as we know, even though a kid may be committed to a certain school, that doesn't stop other schools from trying to flip them or, or recruit. And so, of course, naturally, that, that brings up questions in their mind. Um, but from what we understand, FSU did an excellent job answering a lot of questions about, you know, scheme and fit and plans and things like that. So sounds like that all went really well. Um, but what really kind of caught my attention was, uh, of course, we had one really big name uh, at 2022 visit, and that was Marvin Jones Jr. Made it up with Pops, which was awesome to see. It's great to see father and son holding father's trophies. Um, and hopefully son can come to FSU and bring a couple more trophies back with him before it's all said and done. 
but um man i i so you guys know me i totally geek out over the wide receiver classes and uh just looking at the 2023 wide receiver talent that came to florida state this weekend was just fantastic man and so that had me amped up because it's it's really cool to see the 2022 kids interacting with the 2023 kids and starting to build those relationships so hopefully there are going to be some future high level teammates there but man I gotta say watching Travis Hunter go against um Jalen Green who is a a five-star Jalen Brown Jalen Brown oh Jalen Brown I'm sorry watching him go against Jalen Brown who is a five-star wide receiver tell you what Perry let's go ahead and cut that last part out so three two one I tell you what, man, having having video and watching Travis Hunter go against Jalen Brown, who is a five star wide receiver outside of South Florida. Oh, my gosh. I hope we're looking into the future on that one. That's pretty sweet to see. So overall, I think they had a pretty successful weekend and, and we'll get into it. They got a couple more commitments on, you know, along the offensive and defensive line, which is always great to see. But uh, certainly sounds like they're ending July on a very positive note and it's going to give them some good momentum going into August. Yeah, and just a couple of notes. Jalen Brown, a kid you mentioned at Gulliver Prep, same school as Lamont Green Jr. So that's obviously a very nice connection there. Um, really cool to see that they've got commitments on campus from the class of 22, the class of 23, the class of 24. So they're getting their commitments there, but they're also bringing other big names on. And some of those commitments for 22 that it was nice to see are a kid like Sam McCall, because you never really know. It, other schools are definitely going to be pushing hard for him. Travion Williams obviously was all in on Florida State when he committed, but this past weekend he told 247 Sports that he was a thousand percent committed to Florida State. So that's great to hear. Um, he was just one of the dozen dandy for Mississippi high school kids. So that's an, a big honor for him. Obviously, Aaron Hester, we talked about, but also you get Elijah Pritchett and his teammates to come back down. So those kids from Carver, Deron Reed, and Keldron Smith, uh, awesome to have them on campus. Um, Eston Harris Jr., another offensive lineman, comes in and says Florida State's his leader. So it's like, wow, big smooth Alex Atkins. He's got a he's got a lot of guys lining up to to come to Florida State, and that's a very good problem to have. Um, and it's just cool that you look at it and you got you got blue chip kids from 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025 on campus. Like there's a lot of talent coming to Florida State as soon as the dead period's over, and that's a great great thing to see from these coaches. Yeah, the, uh, the thing that really stands out, uh, Aaron Hester is going to reference it later on in his interview. We saw it with the Marvin Jones interview that was on 24-7. We see it from these kids on Twitter and everything is the connection that these coaches are having with these players. It's, it's not something that we've seen before. You know, you think about Willie and the kids loved Willie, but he always just kind of seemed like the friend. And then Jimbo was great, but Jimbo rubs some people the wrong way. It really feels like that family atmosphere that they're really trying to put and not like family fun, although they have that, but just that tight knit, like these guys are, are like a brotherhood and every single player seems to be saying the same exact thing. And, and we're hearing that about the coaches as well. And I know it's going to sound like a broken record, but Travis Hunter on campus once again, just being the alpha male, just leading that recruiting charge not scared to get in there and mix it up against other blue chip prospects. And like, it's just amazing to have someone like that leading, leading your recruiting. <laughs> I tell you what, he, he needs his faculty uh, parking uh, pass. <laughs> that, dude, that dude's unbelievable, but Hey, uh, a lot of great names, but 
the big news is Florida State landed two commitments from the 2022 classes past weekend. Uh, first off, they had a, a long time lean. Maybe he wasn't a lean, and then he was a lean again. Uh, offensive tackle Daughtry Richardson, uh, a position that you know has to have Florida State fans excited. He's from the area. He's down south now, but he's coming back home. Josh, let me go to you first, talking about Daughtry Richardson. This was somebody that Miami pushed hard for, and it looked like maybe Florida State was going to move on, but here at the end, he, he ends up at Tallahassee. In the end, the fake momentum wins again. Uh, Money Mike taking out <laughs> Manny Diaz and all those little clowns down there in South Florida. So uh, a true offensive tackle prospect and a nice get for Alex Atkins, David. Yeah, this was cool because, um, you know, Josh and I had alluded to, you know, for months and months that you know, we had a pretty good feeling that that Daughtry Richardson was a silent commitment to Florida State. You didn't know for sure, but we were like 99% sure. And then uh, you feel some of this momentum shift a little bit. Miami got in there. Kentucky actually made a really strong push for him. Um, but it sounds like, uh, and I, I believe he said this in an interview with another outlet, he was silently committed to Florida State. And there was that little period of, uh, are we sure, are we sure? But as soon as he came back for his official visit, he basically kind of re recommitted silently, if there is such a thing. Um, and he knew where he wanted to go. And this is really exciting because, you know, yes, he is originally from, um, or he spent some time in Tallahassee at good old Amos P. God P. Uh, high school there, it was awesome. Um, but it still counts as a win in South Florida. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, he's at Central, right? He's at Miami Central. Yep. Yeah. So, so just knowing that off the top of your head, that means that he's teammates with Wesley Besaint, who is a top linebacker target. And so you're going to have somebody who's in Wesley's ear, um, which Florida State can use all of that they can right now as they trail Miami for him. But it's really cool to see Florida State just gathering these offensive line commitments. And something that really struck me about Daughtry is he's talking about his bond with Quayshon Sapp. And then you've also heard Kanai Charlton and Quayshon Sapp talk about their bond with each other. And then you hear Alu Ba, who's, who's talking about how much he likes the other offensive line commitments. Like, these guys are building a brotherhood along the offensive line, and that's going to be super important as we move forward in this recruiting cycle because as the numbers grow, you know, you may have a guy or two who's like, eh, I don't know if I want to be in, you know, part of this class. But if you got that brotherhood in the trenches, and I'll tell you what, man, there's there's no brotherhood like there is a brotherhood among the trenches. Those big uglies, like, you're, you're all you've got in some of those things. So seeing them and hearing them talk about the different relationships that they're building with each other is really, really going to benefit Alex Atkins. And it's really going to benefit the quarterbacks and the running backs and all the guys they're protecting. Because when you have bonds like that, it gives you that extra push that you want to play hard, not just for your coaches, but you want to be there for your brothers. And so it's good to hear that they're already developing these relationships because those are going to get tested. You know, if, if Florida state doesn't have the season they quite want to have or whatever the case may be, and that negative recruiting starts coming in, those bonds are going to get tested. And so you want those as strong as you can get them heading into August so that when, when stuff starts hitting the fan, which inevitably it will, you'll get some negative recruiting in there. You want to be able to fall back on those relationships. And you talked about numbers, David, uh, obviously you're not going to fully put you on the spot, but with, with the commitment of Dr. Richardson, you've got Antavius Woody, Kaniya Charlton, Quayshon Sapp, Alou Ba, Dr. Richardson. So you've got five potential offensive linemen already committed. Yeah, buddy. 
We've got Jalen Early, who we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show, who we expect to commit to Florida State later yep. this week. So that's number be, six. That would be six. And you've got Elijah Pritchett, who we think as of now, Florida State leads for. So are we thinking seven for Florida State? Obviously, you still got Julian Armella and Eston Harris, who if they want in, you probably aren't turning down. So what, what are we looking at there? Man, it's crazy, isn't it? And, I, you know, I talked with um, with A.B. on this and uh, on the, the triple option. How long has it been since we've seen Florida State coaches build a recruiting class from the offensive and defensive lines out? Oh, my gosh, man. It is so good to see that. It's been a decade since that happened. And skill players are great. They get you the, you know, the publicity and all that stuff. But you got to have solid lines. And so it's so good to see them kind of stockpiling numbers on this stuff. And that also sends a very, very clear message to some of these second and third year guys who are returning that says, hey, your replacements are here. You know, the mat- what, what matters is how long can you fend them off? Can you give us two years and make them wait a couple years before they get on the field? Or are they going to pass you by? Um, so I do think we're going to see some, some significant attrition uh, among some of the guys who have been at Florida State for maybe a couple years now and just haven't developed the way they should have. But uh, when you talk about numbers, so yeah, you're right, man. We're, we're fully expecting after August 2nd, uh, the offensive line class should have six guys. And as of right now, there's one guy who is clearly an interior line prospect in Kanai Charlton. Then you have Quayshon Sapp, you've got Alou Ba, you've got Antavius Woody. All three of those guys could play offensive tackle if you needed them to but they probably transition best into the interior offensive line and Woody. I mean, we could even see him on the defensive line. So we'll see how that happens. Um, you've got Dachi Richardson, who is definitely an offensive tackle. You've got Jalen early who again, could be a guy who slides inside, but we, we understand that the coaches really like him at offensive tackle, which makes a lot of sense because he's been uh, Duncanville, high school in Texas. He's been their offensive tackle for, I think, a couple of years now um, as a starter, and he holds up really well against competition there. So now what's left are your true offensive tackles, right? So now we're going big whale hunting. So now you got Elijah Pritchett, you got Julian Armella, you got uh, Bryson Hurst, and these three guys, or I'm sorry, you've got Eston Harris, and then you've also got Bryson Hurst out there, but we, we don't feel that he's going to you know, eventually end up at FSU. So you've got these guys, they're all pure offensive tackles. So I, I think it's a pipe dream for FSU to get Julian Armella and Elijah Pritchett. And we know that FSU is solidly in the top two for both of those guys. Now you've also had Eston Harris come out and say, hey, FSU is my leader. Personal opinion, I think there's a good chance that Eston Harris ends up in the SEC, uh, maybe at Auburn or um, Mario Cristobal may pull him out to Oregon. That could happen as well. If I had to guess who number seven is going to be right now, I'd have to go with Elijah Pritchett just based on the sheer number of times he's been on campus. I mean, it's hard to ignore that kind of thing. Um, And so with that, I do think you could see up to seven offensive linemen, knowing that you've got Tay Woody, who's kind of a swing guy and could go to the defensive line should you need him. But transitioning into the second commitment we landed past weekend, now you've got a guy named Daniel Lyons who just jumped on board, who is a really nice defensive tackle prospect, which really helps your DT class. Um, and something that you know Josh and, and Tim and I have talked about in previous podcasts as well is this is not a very strong year for defensive tackle, um, especially in the state of, of or, well, in the state of Florida, but also really along the southeast. There just aren't that many difference makers at defensive tackle this year. 
And so you already had Bishop Thomas, who's kind of a sawed off shotgun kind of guy. Now you've got Daniel Lyons, who is just pure chaos in the middle. He's a disruptor. And so that makes you feel a lot better at defensive tackle going, going forward now that you've got those two guys in the fold. So I know, I know you like Daniel Lyons, Josh. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I got I to gotta say, uh, I was actually surprised at how early Daniel Lyons committed to Florida State. Uh, we knew that Odell was after him, and he liked Odell a lot. But I thought, if anything, that was going to be something that went down to the wire between Miami and Florida State. And a very nice get for Odell and Florida State and getting Daniel Lyons in early. Yeah, man, I thought so too. I was I was surprised he pulled the trigger as soon as he did. But as, as soon as you hear, you know, those magical words of so and so is bringing their family to campus, you're like, ooh, that's that's encouraging. And sure enough, he brought like his whole family down, and they all got to witness him commit. So that was really cool to see. Um, and we thought for a while that uh, that his teammate Dante Anderson and Daniel Lyons were going to be a package deal. But Dante Anderson has actually been slipping down the, the recruiting boards for a lot of different teams. And I think a lot of it has to do with his size. Um, and then I've also read some concerns about work ethic. I don't, I don't know how true that is or not, but it's, it's hard to tell that. But, um, you know, Dante Anderson, I think, may be like a plan C guy right now for FSU. And so it's not to say that they wouldn't take him but they definitely have other prospects rated ahead of him. And, and it's no sure thing that he would join the class, but if they do miss on some of those higher rated defensive end prospects, you've got Daniel Lyons on the fold. So it may be a little easier to pull a Dante Anderson at the last minute if you have to. Well, yeah, it's a nice position to be and They've already got Aaron Hester committed. They've got Travion Williams, which was another kind of surprise getting that commitment that early. And then you've got Marvin Jones Jr. who Florida State leads for and, and Nigel Kelly, who knows what he's going to do in the end. But obviously he still likes Florida State and he's still in contact with the coaches. So you land those guys and all of a sudden you don't have room for a Dante Anderson. Yeah, and like you said, I wonder how many they'll take. Obviously they wouldn't turn away a Marvin Jones Jr. or, or Nigel Kelly at this point. So if both of those guys jump on board, to your point, I don't think there's room for Anderson. But Let's not stop with the commit train here. We had the two 22 names, but also earlier in the week, uh, 2023 quarterback Chris Parsons out of Tennessee committed. Um, Josh, he's got some connections with Florida State from his old high school, right? Yeah, he was a kid that was at Duncanville High School in Texas, a powerhouse, and tight end Jarrell Powers committed to Florida State, class of 2022, and a kid that as we mentioned earlier, Jalen Early, offensive lineman who's committing later this week, uh, another Duncanville kid. So it could be three for three for Florida State there. And it's nice that you got Parson in early for Florida State and a kid who's going to be a four-star prospect eventually. Obviously, the size is probably the biggest question, but a dual-threat kid, a kid that is good on and off the field, um, a dynamic personality, um, a kid that you want to be leading your class. And it's yet to be seen whether Florida State's going to try and take two quarterbacks backs next class. He could be QB one. He could be QB two. I expect he'll take two quarterbacks and probably shoot for some big kids like a Dante Moore and Avery Johnson as well. But it's nice to have that one already in the fold and a kid that already has some connections. Yeah. David, I know you've watched a little bit of his game film. What's uh, what makes you excited about Chris Parsons? Yeah. So what I like about Parson is when you, you see his different, um, you know, his highlights and stuff, he he's really dynamic athlete and at times it almost looks like he's more comfortable throwing on the run than he is standing still. 
Um, and that's something that I think would really benefit him and Mike Norvell's offense, being able to have, you know, some, some decent accuracy already coming in and power when you're throwing off the run. But I'll tell you what, man, as soon as I read that, that he had the Charlie Ward seal of approval, I'm like, man, that's all I need to know about my quarterback. If, if Charlie Ward likes him, I like him. But um, yeah, I, I'm with Josh here. I think the size concerns are kind of what's holding him back right now. Uh, if he were, I mean, if he were six foot two, he'd probably be a four star by now. But, um, you know, we'll see. Sometimes kids grow a little bit in their senior year. We'll see if that happens. But uh, something that I'm really excited to see, Josh mentioned that he does have a dynamic personality and he seems to, to just ooze those leadership, like those intangibles. They, you know, they talk about the things that you can't coach. He seems to have pretty good leadership intangibles and, and a good personality. So I'm really excited to see him when he starts going out on these camp circuits and starts meeting some of these wide receiver targets that FSU is going after. There are so many of them who are so talented. He's going to end up winding, you know, he'll wind up throwing to, to plenty of them. And so I'm excited to see how he does in terms of building chemistry and building relationships with those guys, because if you can get a, a 2023 quarterback committed this early, that's only going to help you down the line with the skill players and the offensive line. I mean, he, he's got a great chance to kind of be the bell cow recruit for that cycle. So I'm excited to see how um, you know vocal and, and how involved he is going through those things. And I think another thing that's going to be interesting to see is, you know, he's, as Josh mentioned, he's moving on from Duncanville, uh, which is very, very high level of competition. And now he's going up to Tennessee. And so, you know, Tennessee high school football is no slouch, but it's definitely not Texas. And so, you know, I would anticipate he's, he's probably going to be one of the best two or three players out on the field in every game that he plays in. And so, we're going to want to see him develop and, and definitely embrace that alpha dog mentality while he's out there. And if he does that, I do think he's got good potential to be QB one in the class. I'm with Josh. I think they do end up taking two class or two quarterbacks in the class next year. But I do think as uh, Parson develops, he's definitely got QB one potential. Yeah. Excited to see what Parsons is going to grow into. And uh, like you said, I think he's got that dynamic personality. So from here, where's Florida state heading and recruiting, obviously Jalen early, is the name that we're all kind of looking forward or looking towards. I think he's supposed to commit, uh, Josh, the end of next week, right? Yeah, August 2nd. Yeah, so that's the name we're looking forward to. Any other names, uh, Josh, that you know of to, to keep an eye on or anything like that? No, I'd say that, you know, after that, you're probably looking towards that Notre Dame game and all the official visitors hopefully coming in, uh, depending on what happens with all this craziness in the world right now. But uh, Notre Dame's the big date for the, the next – wave of potential commitments yeah the um i know that david's got that one circled because uh kevin coleman's coming back in for his official visit and uh david's praying to the football gods for the best result there hey they're gonna get him man they're gonna get kevin coleman it's gonna happen i'm willing it to happen <laughs> i mean can we just talk about the fact that they've already got 17 of what we're expecting maybe a 25 person class you're looking at 68 percent of your class is already in and i as you as, as we've mentioned before and as David mentioned on the triple option pod the other night, like now it's big, big whale hunting. You know, you're going after the big boys and there's a lot of big names out there. You look at the linebacker position, you got Jerron Willis and Daniel Martin, obviously West, Wesley Besaint, if you can get in there and steal him from Miami. But EJ uh, Lightsey still out there. EJ Lightsey, uh, offensive tackle, Elijah Pritchett, Julian Armella, Eston Harris, uh, wide receiver, Kevin Holt, Kevin Coleman, Julio Skinner, who just transferred to IMG to play with, A.J. Duffy and a Lou Boff, he stays a Florida State commit. So 
there's a lot of big names out there still for Florida State. Obviously, Marvin Jones, who just had a multi-day visit at Florida State with his dad. Nigel E. Kelly, who potentially could enter the fold. And, and then defensive back, uh, interesting development with Trey Donaldson, a Tallahassee kid, and Florida State basketball just offered him. So that could help in Florida State's recruitment of him. Let me, uh, let me just go crazy off the script here. David, you've got eight positions left or eight spots left in, in, the, in the class. What would be your dream eight? Or the, I, let me say this, I, your, your realistic dream eight. <laughs> no, that's a, good, that's a good correction. I try not to be too high pie in the sky. I, I definitely want to keep it real. Um, but Josh brings up a great point. I don't know that any of us could have predicted that FSU would be ending July with 17 commitments. That's really impressive, uh, you know, coming off of a three win season, coming off of COVID, you know, really, when you think about it, they've only had, what, three full months of in-person recruiting and already we're, we're, you know, almost at three fourths of the class, which is incredible. But I'll tell you the, I think the positions to watch, they're going to be interesting because if they do bring in this many offensive linemen, you're going to have to steal a scholarship from another position group. And so, you know, we could very well be looking at a situation where FSU only brings in one person at running back in Rodney Hill. I mean, it's, it's super weird to say, but we could be looking at a, a situation where they only bring in two defensive backs. Now, granted, those are, you know, two five stars and Travis Hunter and Sam McCall, they probably count for like six dudes. But I mean, when's the last time we saw FSU take a, a you know, when you factor in Travis Hunter playing wide receiver, one true defensive back. I mean, that's, it's crazy to think about that. So the numbers are going to be really interesting to see how they fall among different position groups. But in terms of the final eight, what I would love to see. So ideally, and I think that FSU has at least a 50% chance or better at most of these guys. So I would put in Kevin Coleman. I put in Jaleel Skinner. I would put in uh, Jalen Early, obviously. And then I would put in um, Elijah Pritchett. So that's how I would kind of go the rest of the offense. That only leaves you four scholarships for the defense, which is really, it's, it's kind of a crunch, right? So if I could have it my way, what I would love to see would be Marvin Jones Jr. Then you bring in Daniel Martin. You bring in um, Jaron Willis. And how many does it, how, how many do I have left? You got one more. Just one more. So then that last one, personal opinion, I'd like to see it go to DB. Now, whether that's Smoke Bowie, whether that – I mean, if I could choose, I think I would choose Trey Donaldson because I really like that, that kid's game, and, and it's big to keep the, the uh, hometown kids home. And then they also just got a visit from the number one junior college prospects um, at defensive back who came in, and so he said he wants to return. Um, so I would like to see them take one more defensive back just because – you know, looking at FSU's roster, there is going to be some significant turnover in that union unit just from graduation and eligibility exhaustion. But also, you know, we could see some attrition there uh, from guys who haven't developed all the way. So I don't know how I'd feel about taking only Hunter and McCall at defensive back, knowing that Hunter could also play offense. It would make me feel better if they took one more defensive back. So those would be my eight, ideally. Um, I don't I don't know that they can get Nigel Kelly back, especially if you know, an Alabama or a Georgia pushes hard for him or a Clemson. I don't know that they can get him. Um, I'd love to have him back, but if, if you're asking me to choose between him and Marvin Jones Jr., I'm taking Marvin Jones Jr. 10 times out of 10. <laughs> All right. One last thing before we call tonight, boys. Um, one piece of uh, news was Florida State brought on Kenyatta Watson. 
uh, as Josh, do you know what his official title is? Because it, it's escaping me at this moment. It's uh, something very similar to Bardo. It's something isn't about it like player personnel or something? Player relations or something. Player relations, yeah. yeah. But he's primarily working out of the, the South Georgia, Georgia area, which is kind of his area of expertise. Uh, Josh, let me, let me kind of throw this at you. From an outside perspective, what does this tell you about Florida State and playing the recruiting game? Does this mean that they are getting more and more dedicated to it and they're willing to, um, to, to bring on staff that's really going to connect and, 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 you know, call on some past relationships? Like, what exactly does this tell you about what Florida State's trying to do? Yeah, I mean, you're not talking Alabama, Georgia-level commitment yet, but Florida State is definitely playing the game. And you look at some of their off-field hires, and Ryan Barto and Kenyatta Watson obviously lead that charge, but it's very focused on South Florida and Georgia. You talk about Ryan Barto. You talk about um, Randy Shannon. You talk about Guy Lemonnier, who was from South Florida Express, who they got as a huge hire that to replace Marcus Davis as a uh, wide receiver coach. Um, off field um, then you look at Georgia and you got Kenyatta Watson you got Trey Bell and it's just like okay Trey Bell from Grayson of course so so Florida State Mike Norvell obviously realized where the deficiencies were in his coaching staff as far as recruiting and he went in and made some huge hires and obviously Bardo and Watson lead the charge but there's a lot of other guys that are Sabbath Joseph another guy from South yep. Florida so yeah so my guy Sabbath Florida, Florida State's all over it and these guys are all very savvy at social media which is awesome to see too yeah, uh, David nailed it. Director of Player Relations, I, I think, is the title that's uh, attached to Kenyatta Watson. Um, I just love it. Like, you know, we were talking to somebody a little bit behind the scenes about Norvell and how he interacts with people and coaches, and he just is real. And it feels like this staff is, you know, they've got some, they got some people that can are a little bit salesman-y, but it, for the most part, that core staff just feels like they're telling it how it is like come to Florida state, bring us back. We need you. And uh, we're going to take care of you while you're here. And it's exciting to see, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. And it's, it's cool because, you know, Mike Norvell definitely has his public persona, right? He, you see a little bit of Bobby Bowden in him. You see a little bit of, of a uh, folksy Jimbo in him, but then behind the scenes, I guarantee you he'll look at a kid on an official visit and they'll be watching a practice rep or anything. I guarantee you he'll pull that kid aside and be like, if you come here, you're going to start over that dude right away. <laughs> you know, he's just, like you said, he, he does not sugarcoat things. This whole staff does not sugarcoat things. And what's really cool to me is you can see just in their interactions and in their conversations these guys are just ball coaches, man. They love teaching. They love just football as a, as you know, whatever iteration you want to call it. They love talking ball. They love teaching ball. And they also love developing guys outside of the field as well. They have a, a very strong emphasis on academics and character development. And, and you can even see, you know, the guys that Mike Norvell has brought in via the transfer portal, FSU definitely passed on some very talented kids who don't have it in the character department. And Mike could have taken the easy way and said, Hey, you know what? I want to bring in the most talented kids character be damned. And, and we're going to try to, to get it going here, but he didn't do that. And that's kind of a gamble on his part, but I think it's a gamble that most Florida state fans would be very happy with. You talk about coach Norvell, keeping it real. And just one little vignette from Marvin Jones last visit when he was here with his mom is just like, 
it was totally different from any other coaching staff. They said like, Hey, we realize that you're not, you know, Florida state's not as good as some of these other programs recruiting you. And here's how we're going to play you. And it's just like, he loved the honesty from the coaching staff. It was totally different and something he hadn't really heard before, but it really appealed to him. So that was cool to see. Yeah. Josh, didn't they, didn't they tell him like, you know, these are the reasons you should come to Florida state and these are the reasons you shouldn't come to Florida state. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's so foreign and recruiting. You don't ever hear that. No. The, uh, the other thing is we've heard multiple recruits say, Hey, I had my meeting with the coaches and they say, here's what you're doing well, but here's where you need to improve. And here's what you need to work on. And uh, whether you come here or you go somewhere else, this will make you a better player. And uh, I think that intrigues players, you know, it, it, it piques their interest. Like, okay, if I come here, I, I know these guys are going to be trying to make me better because they're pointing out some areas and I'm sure other staffs do that as well. But it's definitely a trend that you're seeing from this staff here. Yeah, and as we said, obviously they've got to show improvement on the field in order for the pitch to really hit home fully. But it, Florida State's making a great initial impression on the recruiting trail. And speaking of their pitches, up next we have 2022 defensive end commit Aaron Hester. And in that interview, uh, Josh and I are able to, to kind of pick his brain a little bit. He talks a little bit about Florida State's pitch and the fit and, and, and how they connected. So I'm excited to bring that to you guys now. Uh, so let's bring Aaron Hester on to, to get his thoughts on Florida State. All right, at this time, we are joined by Florida State commit defensive end Aaron Hester. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yes, sir. Pleasure to be on here. Yeah, so Aaron, you were at Florida State this past weekend. Um, I know a lot of people were there, but I just have one just kind of off-the-cuff question. When you guys go and do the photo shoots and all that crazy stuff, what's your mm -hmm. favorite Florida State uniform combo to put on? I definitely like the black. It's just something about the that black and gold. I don't know what it is, but I love it. Yeah, that that is an awesome look, and uh, I'm excited to see Florida State rock that this year. Yes, sir. Me too. Speaking about the photo shoots, we saw a picture of you like looking all swole, man. Like, what have you been doing? You've been getting huge. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, we always work hard during the summer, so it's just product of my environment. Just been working. So tell us your latest measurements, man. What are you up to? Um, six two two twenty eight, uh, six two and a half. But feeling good, feeling great. Do you have any goals for the time you enter Florida State as far as how how much weight you want to gain? Probably just two thirty five, and that'll be good going in. That'll be good. Now, talk to us a little bit about your recruitment, if you don't mind. Uh, Florida State was one of the first major schools to offer you. Obviously, a legacy recruit with your dad going to Florida State. Um, mm -hmm. How hard was Florida State after you from the beginning, and, and why did you end up choosing Florida State in the end? Uh, they were very hard after me. You know, it's not really because my dad or our legacy. I feel like they showed the most love with Coach Fuller, uh, Coach JP. All throughout the coaches, they showed the most love, and they showed me their fit. And that was a really big part of showing me what they can, what I can do for them and how they're going to use me. I feel like no other school really did that as well. Uh, if you don't mind, just talking a little bit about the coaches because our fans don't really know them all that well just because they've been there for a little while. Talk about Coach Norvell a little bit, if you don't mind, Coach Fuller and Coach JP. Uh, they make you feel like family. You know, they never make you feel like they're too big to talk to you. That's what I really like. And, you know, from day one, they kept it real with me, and I love that. So what was their recruiting pitch to you? What were they selling you on as far as coming to Florida State? Um, I got a chance to do something great, make the program back to where it's supposed to be. I can play the Fox position, position that I love. And now as far as your recruitment now, I know right before you were about to set to announce your commitment, I know Michigan and Penn State were a couple of schools that really started pushing hard. In the end, mm -hmm. what was it about Florida State? 
uh, you got your mindset on something, nothing's going to tell you to take it off. So this is where I wanted to be. And now it's, it's officially closed, right? You're all Florida State. I know schools are still pushing after you, trying to they, – they see you're improving. They see you're a big kid. They see you're very talented. They know that you have great bloodlines, but it's all Florida State for you, right? Yes, sir. I'm shut down. Now, as far as your game, tell us a little about your game. What are some of the major strengths of your, your game? It's definitely my quickness off the ball. Uh, I feel like I'm very aggressive. You know, I feel like my passion and my drive and the way I chase things down is a lot of something that a lot of kids don't have. Uh, what are some of the things you really feel like you need to work on your senior season and as you enter Florida State? Um, <clears throat> probably changing up my pass rush moves. You know, the game changes from high school to college a lot. So working on really maturing as a football player overall, you know, understanding the concept, the defense, whatever I'm doing, just being better at that. Now, as far as the Florida State recruiting class, a couple more kids that got committed this weekend. How big was, how cool was that to be on campus as those kids are committing to Florida State? It was very cool, man. I, you know, we just feel the excitement in the air. We can't wait to all get there and be a part of that program as soon as possible. And how much pride do you take as being one of the first kids to join Tribe 22 and just see it growing and getting better every day? Uh, it's crazy, man. It's just, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's hard to even find words. It's surreal. I think everybody knows that we're going to be great. And what's it like getting back to campus as a commitment? Obviously, when uh, you're uncommitted, they're showing you a lot of love. But how much how much love are the coaches and other commits and uh, recruits showing you as you get on campus? So like I said, it's like family now that I'm committed. So I love it. You know, they, they treat you with respect. They love you. To tell you what you're going to do. I love it. Let's talk about your senior season at Fletcher. Uh, some goals you might have as an individual and some goals as a team. I want to get 10-plus sacks and make it to the playoffs, um, help my offense out, go both ways, be on special teams. Uh, as far as other guys you're uh, recruiting to Florida State, are there any guys that you're really pushing for? Yeah, so, you know, um, Devin Smith, the linebacker across the city from me on, uh, at Oakleaf, yep. and linebacker um, Grayson Howard, 2023 at Jackson. Yeah, I know Gray Grayson was up there this weekend with you, wasn't he? Yes, sir. We uh, rode up together. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I had a quick question, Aaron. Talking about the 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 commits that are committed to Florida State and, and yourself, do you guys have like a group chat or anything where you're always in communication, or 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 uh, is there any type of uh, situation like that? Yes, sir. We do. We uh, make always make sure, sure each other is good. We help each other out with anything. Talk to each other. Make sure we're all good. All the time. <laughs> Who, uh, who's who got the craziest personality in that group? Uh, I say Travis is the funniest. I really like that dude. He's funny, man. He, he's he's one of those guys that when he steps on the field, he wants to be the alpha and he wants to let you know about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where, where would you say you fit in with that group? Where uh, what, what do you think your personality is with them? Um. I think I'm more of the laid back one. When I put that helmet on, I'm ready to go. But I love to chop it up with them and just have fun with them and laugh with them. That's awesome. Brotherhood. Yes, sir. What's something about you that people might not know, like either a unique talent or just something crazy about you that maybe people don't know about you? Um, I like rock music. People might not think that, but I love rock music. And what, is your, what has your dad told you about Florida State? Uh, he told me, you know, it's going to be competition anywhere you go. But he told me 
He feels like FSC was a good fit. Now, he never really had anything to do with my decision. He always told me it's my decision. And I believe that's why it's so special, my commitment to FSU, because it was my decision. There's nobody else's. I wasn't influenced. Uh, I got to ask you on your way out. Give me a rock music recommendation, man. Um, I like Metallica. I listen to all their stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I would have never thought that about you, Aaron. So I'm glad that yeah. we had this time together. And just uh, one, we'll, just yeah, one, one final word. Just any message you might have for Null Nation? Uh, we're going to be great, man. I'm telling you. The class 21 and 22, straight business when we step on campus. I promise you that. We're working. Aaron, I've been telling everybody that'll listen that Florida State is putting together a defensive end factory with the 21 class, what you guys are putting for 22 and 23. Uh, I'm absolutely pumped for you guys. Yes, sir. I'm super excited as well, ready to join. I I graduate early, as a matter of fact. Okay, nice. So you're going to be an early enrollee? Yes, sir. That's awesome. Well, but Aaron, thanks so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Hopefully that storm has passed over there uh, and uh, you got no other yes, problems sir. there. Uh, but thanks so much for, for jumping on and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you later and looking forward to a successful senior season for you. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Aaron. Aaron. We'll do it again soon, bud. All right. Once again, we want to thank Aaron Hester for jumping on with us. Uh, go check out his huddle highlights. I know I really wanted to like ask him on film, but I thought it would be really awkward, Josh. I wanted him to hold up his hand to the camera because his, when you're watching those highlights, he just murders people with just like his hands alone. They're, they're, they're like bear, bear paws. They're, they're, they're insane. But uh, so excited to bring him on. So guys, before we call tonight, um, let me run one past thing past or one other thing past you. What, has to happen at Notre Dame or at Tallahassee against Notre Dame for it to be successful. Like obviously winning the game is successful, but if Florida state were to lose to drop that, what still keeps it in, what still keeps them in it with those guys that are on the field or those guys that are visiting that night, David, what are your thoughts there? So the interesting thing about that is I've been paying attention to the guys who have confirmed that they're going to be there for the Notre Dame game. I've been paying attention in the different interviews they've been giving and all that stuff to what they want to see. Almost every single one of them has said they want to see the atmosphere in Doak Campbell Stadium. And so this is my plea to all Florida State fans, especially those who are within driving distance who can make that trip. We got to pack Doak for that. You got to be out there screaming. You got to be going nuts. And you have to show these kids that, the fan investment is there. And if they come to Florida State, you're going to be there screaming their names and supporting them and all that stuff. They all want to see that environment. Um, so I'm really hopeful that they'll be able to see an environment like that. And then I think, you know, the big thing um, with this, Tim and, and Josh, I don't think you have to win the Notre Dame game, but you got to show demonstrable improvement. You have to show that you're on the right track. Um, I'm not going to say that they need to keep it within – yeah, you know, two touchdowns or 10 points or whatever. I don't think there's necessarily a point number, but you have to be able to score on Notre Dame. Your defense has to be able to force stops, hopefully get a turnover or two. And you have to be able to show each of those guys, all right, here's where we've improved. Here's where we still need improvement. Here is where you are going to fit in and you're going to help us beat Notre Dame the next time we play them. 
Uh, now, I, that could be a stupid statement. I don't know when the next time we beat Notre Dame. I don't know if these kids will ever play Notre Dame. But here's how you're going to help us win these games moving forward. I think if they can do all of those things, you combine that with Travis Hunter on the sideline, you know, chirping in their ear, all that kind of stuff. I do think we're going to see at least one commitment come after that weekend. All right. Well, I, the, I, I won't, I won't write it down to, and seal you to it, David, but you know, you heard if it, it doesn't first. happen. Blame David. <laughs> yeah. You can, uh, you can Twitter me or tweet me. I, I don't have Twitter. So <laughs> you can, you can tweet at David Stout and whoever the David Stout is who has that Twitter, I'm sure will appreciate it. Josh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What were you going to say? Well, I just said, you know, David pretty much covered it, but I think, you know, keep it close, show some excitement and some improvement on offense preferably keep it within 10 or 14 points. And as he said, yeah, pack a house, have an environment. And the good thing is I think it's a lot of alphas. So like they're going to, they're going to believe even if Florida state isn't that good right now, we can be the difference. And I think Florida state's definitely selling these kids that that's, that's the thing. And one, one thing I like to point out is look at the offensive line recruiting. That's that, that can only help when you look at the skill positions, like look at all these guys are bringing in. They're going to give AJ Duffy a lot of time to throw. You're going to be open. You're going to score a lot of touchdowns because of that. So I think that can only be a good thing for skill positions as well. Guys, what are we going to do if they win that game? Can you imagine the recruiting ripple effects if FSU beats Notre Dame? It's going to be wild. I mean, we, we're thinking that things are crazy right now. If that happens, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, Tune in because we're going to be doing a lot more of these with a lot more positivity. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously health is a huge factor there, but I don't think it's that far-fetched that Florida State beats Notre Dame. Yeah, a lot, a lot of changeover for Notre Dame. Uh, we'll let the guys over at Triple Option really break down that film before it happens. But uh, a lot of big changes at Notre Dame, so Florida State definitely has a chance to uh, shock the world. Uh, it'll be definitely interesting. But, hey, this is our first actual Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to the, uh, the All Knowles, I think, or Everything Knowles. Harry's going to kill me for not having that right. Uh, network uh, so you can get all us triple option seminal rap or whatever else comes out but uh, leave us five stars I know we I said that we are the three stars so we need you the the listeners to be the five-star crowd and uh, as always you can check us out on Tomahawk Nation especially in the official recruiting thread where David and Josh are cyborgs that never sleep and answer every question so uh, if you've got a question drop it there we'll be doing another mailbag episode here soon but I'm hoping here in the next week, we're going to be talking about Florida State's newest offensive tackle recruit. Uh, so, Josh, thanks so much for being on with us. Hopefully uh, your schedule works out that you're going to be on here pretty consistent with us. But thanks so much, man. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, again, as you said, like we love the community at Tomahawk Nation. Get in that recruiting thread. Hit us up with any questions or comments. We love to interact with you guys and uh, just keep it coming. And uh, let's have fun. Yeah, David. Thanks for battling the uh, storms of Jacksonville for being here. <laughs> you are kidding, man. It's, uh, it's like Urban Meyer hatred in the clouds coming down right now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, big ups to uh, B-Cup and uh, O-Town Bread were the two who helped us name this podcast. 
Um, so we really appreciate both you guys and we appreciate all the suggestions that came out of the community. That was awesome to see. Um, and as always, thank you guys so much for your participation in Tomahawk Nation. Um, the community is what makes our site so special and, and has made uh, you know, all of these things possible. So thank you guys so much. And again, I've been, I've been saying this on the recruiting thread, but if you're out there and you're reading Tomahawk Nation and you're just lurking, and what we mean by lurking is you read all the comments, but you don't participate, or you haven't signed up yet, please sign up, join the community because there's no such thing as a bad noob. Um, if there is a bad noob, I'll just ban you and we'll take care of you like that. But, uh, we, always, we always like seeing no, new members come into the community. So seriously, take that first step. The first step is oftentimes the hardest because you're worried about that first comment and making sure that you're cool or anything. But seriously, we love the community in that thread and, and there's no dumb question with all that stuff. And so please do sign up, please do start, uh, start asking questions and interacting with us because we love the community. We've said that a million times, but that doesn't mean the community can't grow and get even better. So we appreciate you guys so much and we look forward to bringing you more content as always, faux free. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. See ya.